Hey guys, today's episode, we are doing a little dive into TV shows that Matt and I thought were underappreciated. Hidden gems. We've done hidden gem movies. That was a fun episode. But today, I think TV has a couple hidden gems that we need to explore. But before we get into it, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Now, let's get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a liftoff. All right. Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Today we're doing a little dive into television. We don't do a lot of TV on our podcast yeah i was thinking about that as we were doing this because this is another one of those topics and we have a lot of these we're like you and i chatting so you guys know if we haven't really explained it before one of us or both of us will come up with an idea wouldn't it be cool if we do an episode about this and then we like prep independently usually because we want everything to be organic and natural when we tell it to each other so like for this episode we're like let's talk about tv shows that we love that not a lot of people talk about hidden gems so we go like to our separate corners and you know do our research and our work and look at our videos and see what we have and what we like. And it's one of those topics that like while I did that, I was like, ugh. I went on a walk with Amanda yesterday and I was like, what are what 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 would be some good topics? And just from that walk, her and I came up with like five or six ideas. And then I looked at like my DVD collection and was like, oh shit! Like this would be a great this would be a great this would be a great one, you know? Yeah. I want to throw an idea out to you before we get into it, that this phenomenon of a hidden gem, a hidden TV gem, is only possible recently for one reason. You know, even 10 years ago, even 15 years ago, television was so much smaller relatively than it is now. Before streaming services, when a TV show was good, everyone saw it and everybody was talking about it. Like, our parents... Yeah, we saw the last episode of MASH. Everybody fucking did. It was one of the most watched television events of all time. The series finale of MASH. You know, yeah, everybody watched Cheers. Hey, did you see that episode of Cheers? Yeah, they saw it because that was one of the only things that was on TV on a Tuesday night or whatever the fuck it is. Most recently, when like a show was good, did you see Madman? Yeah, a lot of people watched it because it was on cable television that people had when everything started to fall apart and turn into this giant hydra of streaming services. Now people are like, did you watch this show? No, I heard it was good, but uh, I guess I'll have to check it out. Oh, but did you see this? No, I didn't see that either. You know what I'm saying, Matt? Absolutely. Because, and, and evidenced is I had a great number of stuff that I put on this list before I even opened my computer, but then I did a Google search. I wrote hidden gem TV shows. And the first, no joke, I would say the first six pages of Google were all specific to either Netflix specifically or streaming in general. It was like the shows that you should be binging right now. And I was like, that's actually not what we're trying to go for. If anything, I'm trying to go for stuff that's like 10, 20 years old that people forgotten about. Yeah. And I, I interpreted Hidden Gems to be stuff that like came out and then went away before too many people could talk about it and like my goal not my goal but my hope is that i have a couple on here that even you are like yeah i didn't see that and a lot of these probably aren't even on streaming because of how small they were these are the shows that and we could do a separate episode on shows that died before their time 
That's yes. not exactly what this is, but a lot of these did die. And I think, you know, like Serenity, a show that like people love, although Serenity obviously has a huge following now, but at the time, I think you'd be hard pressed to bump into somebody at the grocery store who knew Serenity, but the people who liked it loved it, you know? And that has a cult following. Like one of the ones that's like tentatively, and I'm just going to throw it out as a name. We don't have to get into it, but like Peaky Blinders is a great show that a lot of people like. But when I talk to people, most people haven't seen it. So it's weird because I know it's popular. It's definitely not a hidden gem. Have you heard of Peaky Blinders? Yes, I know. I, and I know the gist of what it is. I know it's, but it's a newer show, right? That's streaming. It's relatively new. I mean, it's in, I don't know, five or six seasons at this point, but it's an yeah, incredible yeah, show about. show. Yeah. Yeah, it's an incredible show about Irish gangsters. And I know it's popular. I know it's not a hidden gem, but it's tough because like it feels like most people haven't seen it. But like you are so right. A lot of these are deep dives. A lot of these are ones that like after two seasons were just canceled for whatever reason, you know, and and you're just so disappointed when you're like, oh, man, am I the only one watching this show? If I had just watched it the night it aired instead of waited two days later to stream it, would that have been better? Well, it's interesting when you think about the numbers, right? Because some of these shows that you can only find on DVD now, TV was a different beast then. So there was, you know, only so many people were watching it. I have a show here that was on MTV2, I think, or MTV, but it was definitely an MTV show. If you didn't have a cable package that had MTV, you didn't see this show, period. Yeah. Um, now, and so you only have so many people who technically had access to that show, right? So if you take right. the number of people who could have watched that show and then you take the number of people that did, you have that ratio. You have a show like Peaky Blinders that is on streaming services that so many people have access to, yet there's also a crowded market. So when you take my MTV show that I talked about, what, how many other options were there that would be fair to compare it to at the time versus how many other options are there that compare against Peaky, Cheeky, what is it, Cheeky Fleeky? Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. Compare that. I think the market is so <laughs> oversaturated now. You have so many more watchers with so many more options that the 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 the, the numbers get watered down now. So your your peaky Big blinders time. like less people watch that probably than my MTV show at least proportionately. You know, I mean, if you can understand the science of that, I bet you're right. And you know, Game of Thrones was a phenomenon. And it competed with things in a certain time slot when it came out. But like that concept of I have to choose what to watch when Mm. isn't even around anymore. Like it used to be when network was a thing, nine o'clock on a Friday night was such a coveted time slot or maybe it wasn't, but I'm I'm just making up times. Sure. Yeah. That time slot was coveted and what came before it and what came after it was important. Nowadays, it doesn't matter when something comes out. In fact, we're like, I want it all now. I want every episode right now so I can watch them all at once and be done with it. I was thinking about that shit last night. You remember hustling to get to a show? Yeah. Like your show start, whatever show was, it started at four or it started at eight. You had to make sure your fucking ass was on the couch before that. You know what I mean? You had to go to the bathroom. If you wanted a snack, you got your snack, whatever. But you had to be there by then. So like, you know, my house, it was like your homework had to be done. We had to like, you know, I would, I remember like there'd be Christmas specials on and I'd be like bugging my mom. We have to finish dinner. We have to finish dinner. And she'd be like, Matt, it's two hours from now. We have time. And I'm like, well, I'm a stupid <laughs> kid and I don't know how time works. I got to get in there, you know? Yeah. And that's that you're right. That's not a thing anymore. I was that way to see the first episode of The Walking Dead, even though there was a high pop 
probability for me to be able to see it on the internet a day later or like streaming somehow, like that was a thing. It would was harder 10 years ago than it is now. And I was like, it's Halloween night. I got to get home. I'm not going to any parties. I'm not going trick or treating with friends or whatever, even though I was a goddamn full on adult still went trick or treating. <laughs> Fuck that. It's fun. I rushed home to watch the walking dead and it's rare to have that. I think, I think Game of Thrones was the last time I did that, where it's like, oh, got to be ready to watch the new episode, otherwise somebody's going to spoil it for me on the internet. See, that's funny, and that's something that we could do in a, another whole episode on as well, I think, is I, I miss that, and I miss the digestion period between two episodes. You know, like, um, I don't remember if you and I watched Nip Tuck at all while it was live. But like we I, absolutely did. But we, I lo- we like, watched I love, that show watch together. That we would yell at the characters. We'd be like, "No, Sean, don't do that!" Yeah. And then the episode would end. We'd talk about it, and then like you'd had a week to kind of digest it, take it apart, unpack it, and we'd talk about it. Then when the you know we'd get ready that day for the next episode in a week, you'd be like, "Oh shit, you know what's going to happen tonight?" And I miss that feeling, and I like that certain streaming services like Disney with The Mandalorian was doing that, and I you know I can't always watch it first run like at that time slot but i'll try to give it that week between because i like that time to talk about it to think of even if i don't talk about it to someone else but to kind of break it apart to myself i like that you have that and you have that minute of like what's going to happen next when you binge you know six episodes of a show in a day yeah how and this is for me maybe just because i'm an old man but like some sometimes when i do that if i binge something so fast even if i binge it over a couple of days but the next week, I don't really remember the ins and outs. I don't, you know, I, I just remember the broad strokes, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. I'm watching Perry Mason right now on HBO Max, and it's a great mystery show. Really cool. Really well done. But I binged the first three episodes and, like, couldn't tell you the characters' names. Mm, mm. Whereas, like, other shows, classic shows that you love, like, you remember the characters' names, you, you know the intricacies, like, you figure that stuff out because yes. it gives you time to digest. I don't know if I like that, uh, but at the same time, you have to give that model credit for what that does allow you to do. Mm. I found Stranger Things model of like, here's eight episodes right away, genius. But there is a downside to that. Sure. And I actually, I just started talking with a friend, like a friend who also loves Nip Tuck as much as I do. And like, we were like, something like one, I forget who, which one of us mentioned it, but someone said Nip Tuck, we're like, wait. I told her I worked on an episode of Nip Tuck. And she was like, I love Nip Tuck. I was like, wait, you like really like the show? She's like, yes. And then she mentioned like a story arc. And I was like, yes. And then this. And like, we went back and forth with like, remember that to the point where we both restarted watching it. And we'll text each other like, oh shit, Kimber's with Boblet now. And like, we like, <laughs> you know Kimber, I mean? <laughs> she's evil. <laughs> but like, you even remember that shit. Then you Dude, watch yeah. Stranger Things. And I love Stranger Things. The first season of Stranger Things I thought was genius across the board. I couldn't, yeah. I mean, now clearly, it's way newer. I've only seen it once, one time, whereas Nip Tuck I've seen numerous times. But I couldn't tell you the ins and outs of Stranger Things. I couldn't tell you, I would. I bet you I would miss huge story arcs. Whereas Nip Tuck, I could, I could recite a lot of that shit, you know? Yeah. Well, I think there's that idea of, like, when you start binging it, it becomes that, like, mind-wipe TV shit. When you ingest a little bit of it, it, like, gives it time to percolate and for your mind to think mm. about it. But when you take it in all at once... Like you absorb it and you're like, that's awesome. But like your mind's blank from all the TV that you've been watching. And now you're just a, a boob tube 
and you remember very little of the full picture. You were just entertained for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I think that's true. And yeah. Damn, man. Well, that's that's quite the ramble here. But But I mean it's pertinent. It's real. Oh, without a this doubt. Is- it's it's definitely not a digression, but Let's let's jump in here because I'm kind of excited yeah. to talk about some of these, and yeah, I, I really am excited to hear what you have. And I was this is one of those things last night that I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if we come up with the same exact list. I also wouldn't be surprised if we come up with no overlap at all. I, I'm I'm wondering, and I do have a secret like prediction that I wrote down. Ooh, okay. And we'll see if that prediction comes true or not by the end of the episode. All right, sounds good. Well, let's go. Sh- hit me up with one. Shoot me with one that you all have. Right. So the first one I have, this came out in 2015. It was on Comedy Central. It was called Big Time in Hollywood, Florida. Heard of it? No clue. Oh, my God. So this came out in 2015. It is a dark comedy, like really dark. I think it's hysterical, but it is definitely kind of mean-spirited in a way that cracks me the fuck up. It's about these two brothers who just want to make movies, you know, very similar to you or I. They just want to make movies. And they're adults living in their parents' house, and their parents like, we're kicking you out. And they're like, what? No. And they're trying to figure out the best way to convince their parents not to kick them out. They're like, what if we get hooked on drugs? They can't kick us out if we're hooked on drugs. That'd be terrible, right? This is animated or live action? This is live action. And so they try to get hooked on drugs, and they tell their parents they're addicted to drugs. And it starts snowballing out of control till they're wrapped up into this massive like drug conspiracy with cartels and the cops are chasing them and the cops think that there's some tie to this huge drug like kingpin situation and they're just idiots two idiot brothers who have inserted themselves into this massive conspiracy and it has huge cameos michael madsen's in it as a drunk detective uh cuba gooding jr is in it playing himself as this like coke addled monster jason alexander's in it as like this drug dealing like sex trafficker playing himself like it is so ridiculous and over the top and it is i i I die laughing every time because they keep showing the movies that these brothers make and it's funny because you first see it from their perspective and it's this really polished like piece of movie and then it shows to what other people are seeing and it's like cardboard cutouts in a garage hysterical I mean, Keith David's in it as a as like an FBI agent. It's it's so funny. It's really dark. It's got a monkey in it. Come on, who doesn't love monkeys? I don't know that I've ever even heard of it before. It's really funny, but it is it is 2015. So there's definitely some humor that some people might be like, "That's not funny," but it was funny. When was the last time you watched it? Last year. Okay. It is very hard to find. I had to find it on the internet because it's not on DVD. It's, I don't, I don't know where other people are finding it, but I had to, I had to get somebody to, to get it for me. Oh, damn. It's that's the hardest dude when it's not on DVD. It's so hard to find, but I mean, tons of great cameos, really funny, really dark. And just like that level of humor that at the time hit me. And I still think it's hysterical. Well, and say the name one more time. Big time in Hollywood, Florida. It was on Comedy Central in 2015. One, how many seasons? One season, two seasons? One season, 10 episodes. That's it. Now, here's a good question. Did it end in such a way that it ended and there was closure and it was done, or did it just stop? Completely wraps up perfectly. So, like, they knew it was coming. They knew they could, they could, silent, they could stop it at a good point. They didn't know it got canceled. They thought they were going to do another season of a different adventure. 
but it wraps up this season with the Cuba Gooding Jr. arc perfectly. Oh, okay. Because that's another thing. And some of, at least some of mine, end in such a way that, like, they clearly didn't know they were not getting picked back up. They purposely, like, I have one of my favorite shows on this list ends on a cliffhanger on purpose. Like, ends like, bum, bum, bum. And they wanted you to think about that shit over the summer. And then the show never got picked (laughs) up. And it, like, to this day hurts me, you know? Ugh. Isn't that terrible? No, this wraps. This actually wraps up so well that you think it's done. Hmm. Or at least it's satisfying that way to you as an audience member, right? Because to so not good. have that itch scratched is really hard sometimes. Yeah. Comedy Central made no official cancellation statement. However, in September in 2015, one of the f- show's stars confirmed that there would not be a second season. Womp womp. But yeah, that's mine, man. That's my, that's my out of the gate recommendation when somebody's like, I want a funny comedy. And I was like, do you like them dark? And if they do, this is it. This is interesting because I have I have a good list here. I have seven or eight things at least that are worth talking about. I don't think we'll get all of them today. Most of mine are comedies. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And comedies are also tough because comedies do not age well. That's true. I didn't think about that. But as a generalization, you could probably peg that down pretty hard. One of my big thought experiments, and we could do an entire episode on this, is tell me one comedy that ages well. And it's very hard. It's very hard. But like I said, that that that's a tangent for another day. We have we in this in this what seventeen eighteen minutes of this episode have spawned the ideas for four other episodes. I know, right? <laughs> the episode where other episodes are born. I'm glad we're doing it. Hit me with one, Remy. What do you got? All right. I don't remember if I found this before you and I lived together, or after we, or during we lived together. But this is probably. The best example of a hidden gem. If you know it, I guarantee most of our listeners do not know it. Death Valley, which was actually not the show I inferenced before or or implied about before, but this is an MTV2 show. It is a mockumentary like cops, but it's in a zombie, werewolf, and vampire-ridden Los Angeles. I never saw it. So it's got a bunch of... You didn't see this? Oh, dude. I'm telling you right now, I was hoping that you didn't know this just because you're going to... It's cops, but instead of getting criminals and shit, it's getting zombies and shit. And it is... It's not a dark comedy, but it's a horror comedy. And it is funny. The effects are on the nose for a television series. It's twelve. It was 12 episodes in 2011. It is hysterical. Let me tell you some of these people that are in this in this show. Some okay. of these names you will remember, you will know. Some of them you won't know the name. One All guy's right. name is Texas Battle. He's an African American guy who's kind of like tough in the show. He's not necessarily someone that I would remember. Bryce Johnson is in it. You would know him. He played the closeted gay army guy in an episode or two of Nip Tuck. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's definitely like a that guy actor. You'd recognize him as like a young guy. Good looking, but like big ears. Tanya Raimondi, who was Malcolm's nerdy girl friend in Malcolm in the Middle, who oh, then yeah, yeah, got yeah. like super hot. I think she's ridiculously hot. She was in the remake of Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. The captain of this whole unit, specifically like a zombie busting unit, is played by Brian Callen. I think his name is. He was in Bad Santa, Old School. He was the guy who ran the wedding chapel in The Hangover. Oh, He's a comedian. Yeah, 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 you definitely yeah. know. He is hysterical. He's just like the most un-PC, you know, in his own head guy. 
And he, the stuff he says to everybody else is ridiculous. There's a new recruit who just got added to the union. So she's like your protagonist who you relate to this zombie world, you know, this zombie world. They have to go to a school that's infested by zombies and zombie teachers. I'm telling you, it is like getting ready for this episode. I real, I remember I thought of this on the list, putting on this list last night. And I was like, I got to rewatch this this weekend. It is so freaking funny. And it's one of those things. I don't remember that it ends. I think it ends in a way that is a satisfying enough ending. But you're like, I would donate on a Kickstarter to get this going again because it is so goddamn funny. And it is exactly what you want it to be. I think a lot of people try to do either in TV or film that horror comedy hybrid and don't quite hit it right. This scratches both of the itches. Amazing. The effects and the makeup looks good. The Dude, I'm seeing a guy punch through a dude's face. It's on this ridiculous. Picture. It's and it's. I'm telling you, it's one of those things. It is exactly what you want it to be. Oh man, this looks great, dude! It's amazing, Death Valley, and it is on DVD. So you, or at least these it was. I don't know if you can still find it, but I have I gotta it on find DVD. this. And it's one of those. Like I'm telling you right now, if it's thirty bucks on DVD, if you find it on eBay, it is worth the thirty dollars for sure. So I have a pitch package for a television show that I was trying to get developed called Geek Out, starring. A pretty hot player and a really hot uh, ginger comedian. <laughs> That's one of them. No, but this was about a basically a SWAT unit that in the pre-zombie apocalypse only shows up bef- when a crime has been committed. There's always a zombie, right? If there's a murder, there's a dead body. There's a dead body. There's a zombie. And these mm. guys show up to deal with the zombies. And it was basically supposed to be filmed like cops, but in a pre-zombie apocalypse and show the world collapsing little by little and it sounds so similar to this that i'm actually excited to see if somebody pulled off even if it's a comedy pulled off that idea this looks great dude i love it dude the cops have like wooden stakes on them they have uv guns to shoot vampires here's a picture of a person with a drill and a chainsaw it's it it is some of the episodes kind of get serious but most of the time it's really fun they do like there's a one that like this woman's husband gets out and they go to investigate it and he's a werewolf. And the law is if you're a werewolf, you have to chain yourself up, you know, during the full moon. But th- this one couple wasn't really following the rules. Now the husband's at large. But like they handle it like cops. So they're like interviewing the, you know, the the woman, the wife and stuff. Oh, it's so I'm telling you, I thought I thought you would have known this one. And I guess I didn't show it to you. 2011, I guess, would have been after you and I lived together, probably. Right. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, yeah. Amanda, me and Amanda yeah. got together. 2008 is when I got married. Dude, it is. I'm telling you, you of all fucking people need to find this show. It is. We should get some of the people from this sh- that show on this show. It's so freaking funny. Oh man, I'm I'm into it. Wow, what a good right off the bat, good one. This is probably my biggest poll, and I think our listeners will love this show. Death Valley 2001. You already beat my prediction, so I'm excited. What was the prediction that I'm going to be awesome? I could have told you that I was going to. Should I tell you now? I guess if it, I mean, is it if it's done, then yeah. All of Matt's TV shows will be well known and he just doesn't know it. <laughs> I have That's that true. I have that written down. Yeah, he's because... showing me on a piece of paper that it was written down. No, I actually think that most of the ones that I have here, <laughs> there's a couple on here that like I was going to put 21 Jump Street, I was going to put Spawn the animated series, but I think that those are well known. They might not get the credit that they deserve, but I think those Absolutely are Absolutely well with enough. Spawn, yeah. And I have a couple like that as well that I just want people to know. And people will be like, yeah, I'm aware of it. I'm like, yeah, I just want to make sure you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess being aware of it is different than watching it and like knowing it. You know what I mean? Well, because like 
I'll throw out one of those right now. There's a show called Regular Show. That's a cartoon show. It's yeah, for yeah, yeah. kids, but I think it's hysterical. And if people, if adults aren't aware of it, it's very popular. It has like hundreds of episodes. Mm-hmm. But if adults aren't aware that this show's hysterical, I want them to be aware that Regular Show is phenomenal. It's got like a shit ton of seasons. The episodes are short and it's so good. See, like I know what it is. I may have seen a handful of episodes, but yeah. nothing that resonated and I don't know about it. You know what I mean? Oh, you should check it out. But that's not here's here's a hidden gem TV show. It ran for two seasons, but the first season is incredible. Like blew my mind how good it was. This was called The Nick, and this is a 2014 Cinemax show about the Knickerbocker Hospital in New York. And it takes place in like the turn of the century, 1900s. So it's like a period piece. And it stars Clive Owen, Andre Holland, Jeremy Bob, Juliet Rylance, and it's a hospital drama, but at the turn of the century, every episode was directed by Steven Soderbergh, so it has like a very concise vision. All the music was very not of that time, like anachronistic, so okay. it's kind of a... I don't want to say techno, because that gives the wrong impression, mm-hmm. but like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Operating but, in the but old like, days. But like electronic. It, it's definitely... It okay. was using an electronic score, which was interesting. And it's about the first desegregated hospital, so it's a, a black guy played by Andre Holland comes from he's harvard educated he studied medicine in france he comes back to new york and nobody trusts him he's like i'm an accomplished surgeon in france and they're like yeah yeah yeah, but not here you're not and so he has to fight for that clive owen plays the head of the hospital of the surgery team and he is a opium coke fiend he does a bunch of coke and then does incredible surgeries and he thinks he's untouchable so when he starts fucking up it's crazy and there's just so many good characters so many good episodes mind-blowing situations and just the way the show was done was brilliant the way it was lit was so incredible to see using this old-timey lighting cinematography was perfect the music was so weird that it fit in a bizarre way and i just i love the show my wife and i would watch would like wait every week for a new episode we got cinemax just to be able to see this show yeah sure you did (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean it's 2014 so the internet uh existed i didn't need it for late night cinemax <laughs> but like the, you know, the hospital's failing they're trying to figure shit out and it was just man it was good it was so good it had really gnarly surgery scenes it was really gory they're trying to help like you know disfigured people get build their faces back they're trying all these experimental techniques and it was it was just great it was just really fun, i remember really hearing good about it but i and i knew that it was about you know old-timey hospital that's all i knew yeah. and clive owen was in it that's all i knew and i'll be honest you when you love something it makes like that legitimizes it to me to a certain extent <laughs> even sight unseen I might watch it and might decide it's not my cup of tea or that I don't like it. But if you say it's good and worth watching, it's probably good and worth watching. But that said, I still don't care about Old Timey Hospital. I didn't think I would either, but the way it was portrayed and the way it was done was like hooked, hooked me because it was like on par, like the reason you like Nip Tuck, people wouldn't think you like Nip Tuck, but there's, there's a lot of drama. There's some gross special effects in the makeups and the, and the surgeries that they do. Like, I give it that kind of mm. same vibe where there's good drama, good characters, and you know, gross surgeries. That's the reason I started watching that show to begin with. And it's funny because I'm, I'm telling you, I just started. I'm rewatching it again. And yeah. I remember watching that first season came out the summer before my senior year in college. Mm-hmm. And 
I had never seen such cool special effects. And now I'm like, that's clearly a silicone appliance. That's clearly, yeah. you know, I could see the layers of silicone brushed into that. Mold. Some of that show does not age well. I will. I will oh, for that. sure. But it's like, I remember watching it and I had no thought or hope or care or anything for drama or characters until I, like the show started. And I was like, oh my God, I love these characters. Oh yeah. my God, I hope he redeems himself. Oh my God, I hope he doesn't do that again. <laughs> exactly. And that's the way I feel about the Nick is you want Clive Owen. You like him because he's he's doing cool doctor stuff, but then you're like, oh, he's a piece of shit secretly and he's addicted to drugs. And like, when is he going to fall? And he falls hard. The second season fell apart. It's like they just spun their wheels the whole time. And I, I can't remember if there was like a writer strike going on or some sort of situation that just meant that they had to like self-contain the entire series. Yeah, yeah. But like none of the episodes went anywhere. Oh, that sucks. And you're just like, so the second season fell apart, but the first season was so I feel like that happens sometimes with a show that's on the bubble and kind of either gets the news that they're going down or they get the feeling that they're going down. You feel like they can't kind of tell a story that they want and you either get something that feels abbreviated or you feel like it's getting pulled in different directions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hit me with another one, man. All right, this is one, I think I've mentioned it on here a couple times before. I just recently sent you mm-hmm. the DVD of it, and I think hopefully we're going to do an episode just about this show, but there was a Spider-Man, the new animated series, which was on MTV in 2003. It was 13 episodes, one season, and I loved it in co- it was I was in college when it came out. I loved it then when I didn't care about Spider-Man. I didn't care about the movies. This was based on the Sp- the Sony Spider-Man movies, the uh, Sam Raimi one. So he's got like organic yeah. webs and he's in college. Like him and Mary Jane had just broken up and um, the Green Goblin. It's based after the first Spider-Man movie. So the Green Goblin right. is dead. Harry Osborn hates Spider-Man. I didn't care about any of that. I had none of that mythos meant anything to me. I didn't care about comic books. It is a computer generated world with computer generated characters. And it was and it still is one of the coolest iterations of Spider-Man. Him swinging through the city, the fight scenes, the way he crawls on a wall, it is beautiful. It's almost like, without going melodramatic, it's like breathtaking. It looks so awesome. Rumi's cringing. <laughs> um, so you sent it to me, I got it. Yeah. You just I got it, like, two, yesterday, right? Yesterday, and I watched two episodes right away. Okay. And it's well-written. The characters are great. The portrayal of Spider-Man is very well done. I like concept of the design like the character concepts definitely reminds me of like a romita jr look mm-hmm. oh that, yeah that's true the graphics cringe me out so hard it's hard to separate it from the story <laughs> at night stylistically it works there's shadows and sure. there's the city at night looks cool and it's stylized well daytime i'm like it looks like previs like windows 92 paint graphics to me when it's daytime now do you think that is a a product of the time or do you think that's a style they went with that you don't like or you think that's just the best that they could do like why what do you think why do you think that looks like that it's a product of the time and they were trying to go for a stylized thing to fit their limitations but it shows hard and that was hard for me to watch once you get past that if you get past that you're just like that's what the show is but like all the backgrounds characters are the same six people Yes, that's true. That's true for sure. That drives me nuts. 
their animation cycles are the same. The way they walk, the way they talk is like, and it looks like, <laughs> like, you know, when they show like Korean news segments that do CGI to show what a dumb fuck our president is like, that's what it looks like to me. And it's the, the CG, the graphics are tough, but the stories were great and the characters are interesting. Mary Jane is a little one dimensional so mm-hmm. far, but I agree. Uh, you know, she doesn't, she, it's not about, the story's not about her, but she doesn't get any better. There's one or two episodes where she does something, but. She's goofily skinny as well, which is annoying, but Peter Parker's interesting. His interactions are interesting. The bad guys are interesting because they're not like black or white bad guys. They actually have like things to maybe put them in a gray area. That's interesting. Mm. Um, so I'm going to watch more of it, but yeah, off the bat, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'll take that. If you don't like the style of the visual style of it based on the computer technology, that's a that's a critique that I'm not offended by. Sure. But again, you can separate it because you go, eh, it's like a 2001 show. What you know, what I also do? saw it when it happened. So like 2003. So I was I saw it in 2003. And that was going to be was my like question. You watched away. it when it was airing. I did. And I don't think I saw every episode back then because it was like we just said, I was in college. I we mm-hmm. did have I lived in the dorms and we did have a package that included MTV, but like I and I remember, dude, it played at like ten o'clock on a Friday night, and I remember in yeah. college being like, dude, this show is great, but nobody else is watching this. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I remember leaving. Do you remember the little building was on the corner of Boylston and what Tremont across the street from us? They open a Starbucks, like literally right yeah. across the street. I was at a like open mic night comedy thing there and i left purposely specifically to go watch this show i was like fuck this i gotta go watch spider-man that i can understand it's worth skipping out on an open mic (laughs) to go watch for sure for sure it's worth that i love it so much it and it means those those stories are so fucking good and so far the stories are good which two episodes did you watch the first two one has some jetpack guy stealing shit because he's trying to like support low-income housing for students Mm -hmm. that was that was good i mean both of them both of them were interesting and like i said the stuff at night justifies the look because at night you can become stylistic with it and use shadows to hide what's not working the daytime stuff is oh i can see that i understand i and i know i know what you mean i think it's so fun so far the writing has been cool the characters be cool and like i said i'm going to keep watching it because i'm interested to see where it what goes. about so, this take the style and the fact that like you said shadows and blah 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 blah. take that out of it him swinging through the streets and jumping from car to car and running on the buildings i love how that looks because the camera can stay with him there's a couple of yeah. times where camera is static on the ground looking up and he swings by or the camera will whip pan with him or the yeah. camera just flies next to him as he swings. And I feel like you can't do that in, in live action. Well, we weren't able to do it until the most recent movies. But like at sure. the time when the Sam Raimi movies were coming out, this looked better than the Sam Raimi movies. Where, agreed, they like, agreed, yeah. They did not know how to show Spider. They did a good job with what they had, but this took that to another level. And it, you know, the most recent Sony Spider-Man game for PS4 is so good and it makes the web swinging feel so real and the world feel so real like sometimes i'll just pop that game in to swing around new york because it is that good looking Mm. and this kind of had that vibe where they knew how to use the technology to make spider-man look cool and to make web slinging fun yeah that's that's what it is and i'll tell you i watched this 
every two years or so, I crack it out and just flip through it. You know, a couple nights in a row, I'll watch it just because it is so fun. I really do like it. Here's an interesting thought. When it comes to superpowers, everybody, you know, flight is often one that people like. Nobody really knows what flight feels like. I mean, maybe you've done skydiving or maybe you've done indoor skydiving or something that gives you a weightlessness. But like, if you've ever been on a swing, you know that being on a good swing is fun. And that, like, I think Spider-Man swinging has a little bit more satisfaction because there's like an oomph to it. Whereas like flight might feel effortless in a weird way. Sure, sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I feel like like web slinging will probably make you more tired. <laughs> Don't you gotta, think? Gotta work on that upper body, Yeah, man. you're like, ugh, <laughs> ugh. Like, I mean, you ever climb a rope? I feel like it's gotta be close to that, you know? Oh, Spider-Man makes it look effortless. He does. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you suddenly got Spider-Man swinging powers and be like, oh, shit, I have not worked out enough Yeah, for you, this. like, this is awesome. You jump off a building and rip your arms out of your sockets. <laughs> Just dangling, and you're like, I can't. I can't get up. Somebody help me, please. Somebody. Superman, help me. <laughs> I definitely take the recommendation of the Spider-Man show and pass it on. People should check this out because... Especially if you like Spider-Man, why not see a different like vision for it? Spider-Man is one of those characters that like, if you don't do him justice, I am offended. I love that character so much. He's so good. There's so much there that if you fuck him up, first of all, I'm like, how did you fuck that up? You know what I mean? He's so good. Yeah. I like what they do with this. I like his, his love triangle thing they have kind of going on. I like the relationship between him and Harry. You don't have any Aunt May bullshit there. But he is trying to um, go to school, get good grades. He's trying to balance a relationship kind of with Mary Jane and possibly this other woman. I love I, I just love that. I think it's a little more. I, I mean, I like it when you have something that's a little more realistic to our, you know, a life that you can see yourself in. Sure, sure. College isn't far enough away yet that I'm like, I don't remember. But high school is a little like a little foggy now. Yeah, and lie. also the fact that they're college kids, you can do more stuff. They play with some sexual yeah. themes. They play with a lot of violence and murder. It's a little, you know, the consequences are, in most episodes, the consequences yeah. are a little bit steeper. Something that I was annoyed by in later Spider-Man comics was by the time he became an adult, and I was an adult reading them, mm-hmm. Mary Jane was like a movie star supermodel. And it's right. like, I can't. I can't identify with that. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> my wife's hot and all, and she's awesome, but like, I'm not dating a supermodel movie star. Nobody is. Who is? Who can identify with this? And it's my like, wife. it took away. <laughs> <laughs> Just got that. But yeah, like, when you enjoy Spider Man the most, I think it's when you identify with his problems. And when it's like, oh, my wife's doing a, a love scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm like, I don't. I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not you're, following. You're, you're too far from where I live, bro. I get it. Well, what else? What else do you got? Well, I want to talk about this more in another episode because I really yeah, heard, we should, and I want to hear more about what you think as you go through the series. But what else? What else do you have that we we? So here's one. This is on Comedy Central. It's airing right now. It's third and final season because it got canceled. Thanks a lot, guys, for not watching. This came out in 2018, and it was called Corporate, and it's three seasons. It'll be done after this season, and I think it is hysterical. It is this incredibly like nihilistic television show about corporate workplaces, but done in just over the top fashion. It's these two junior executives in training 
and just kind of the goofy shit that they get into. They work for a corporation called Hampton DeVille that is like a monster. Like they're secretly trying to engineer a weather changing device and secret internet. It is full of so many like dark ass hysterical things. One of my favorite episodes is one of the characters gets invited to a concert that starts at 11 o'clock at night. And he's like, I'm going to that concert. And everybody's like, dude, you're in your 30s. Just give up. It's so much easier. You will be so liberated when you realize I'm not going to that concert at 11 o'clock. I'm not that young anymore. I can't do that shit. And everybody keeps telling him and he keeps being like, I'm going to that fucking show. I'm going to that concert. And he looks up online how long it'll take to get there. And it's like 45 minutes. He's like, ah. And it's like two hours with traffic. And he's like, <gasps> and he like realizes it's like, fuck, this is hard. And then it starts raining. He's like, oh no. And he gets home and the second his feet touch the carpet, he's like, oh no, oh no. And like, it's so funny because as somebody in their thirties, that moment you realize I'm not going to that concert. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was just going to say, I can't relate to supermodel Schwarzenegger problems, but I can relate to not wanting to go somebody somewhere at 10 o'clock at night. Oh my God. And the show is full of these like things that just throw that in your face that you're like, yep, I'm old. And this is hysterical. I think it's hysterical for anybody who has reached that age where they're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going out at midnight. I'm not starting something at midnight anymore. Like, fuck that. I guess <laughs> it's just not happening. <sighs> There's so many fucking funny episodes. And my wife and I just crack up every time and I'm sad that it's getting canceled, but I hope that because they know it's over, they, that they get to wrap it up real nice and tight. And I think it'll be really funny. I highly recommend it to anybody finding it. It's on comedy central. So you can stream episodes through the comedy central app. It's, yeah, it's just so fucking good. There's just so many bizarre <laughs> things that seem so mundane, but they're able to make really fucking funny. But like I said, it's really nihilistic and very dark. And one of the main characters like, is like, I'm going to kill myself like every episode. And it's just three seasons, you said? Just three seasons. Sounds pretty. And, li and live action, Comedy Central. Live action, yeah. And it actually has a, th uh, a thread running through most of the seasons right now where everybody in the office is watching some sort of like primetime premium television show. And one of the characters doesn't watch it and he hates that everybody's like, you need to watch this show. He's like, I don't care. I don't care. It's bullshit. And everybody's just like, oh my God. All they want to do is talk about it really funny <laughs> it sounds pretty good i can't relate to the corporate aspect of it but i can definitely relate to the uh you work in a school system you will be able to relate to the corporate aspect of it there's a couple funny school shows about like people who've had enough of schools but it's mostly targeted at women because most people who work at schools are women hmm. but it's not it's not nearly as it's not the show that i want it to be yet not yet right right all right hit me with another one all right Here's a comedy a little bit back for, well, close to what you said. Did you watch Happy Endings when it was on? I did not watch it when it was on. I went back and watched it. Okay. This I loved is, all the hand jobs in it. That was the best part. This is one of those shows. <laughs> this is one of those shows that. There's no hand jobs in the show. No, it's just, worry. but it's called Happy Endings. It's a, it's, it's a friends type of show where it's like three guys, three girls, all in their, you know, mid 20s all in various stages of their lives. They're great friends. They live in, I think it's Chicago. Two of them are getting married in the beginning of the first episode of the first season. And this rollerblading hunk shows up, stops the wedding and the girl runs away with him. And the show picks up like that's the opening of the show. And it picks up, I don't know, six months later or something. 
So it's like this kind of fractured thing that within an episode or two, they kind of get back together and are like, okay, we could be friends even though that wedding didn't work out. And then it just is a sitcom and it is so goddamn funny. Two of the characters are married. Uh, One is like a a girl who just wants to be happy and find a husband. One is a little dumb girl who's super hot. There's a guy who's just dumb and he is a, like a restaurant, what's it called? Uh, Like a roach coach. Uh, what are those fucking things called? That's racist. Food truck. Food truck. He's a food truck. <laughs> I thought it was called a roach coach because they were gross. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's going to call you a racist for it. Though. And then there's like a, a you know, the comedian, like the, the he's kind of slobby, but like a, a stupid, jokey, he's always joking kind of guy. It's so goddamn funny. The characters are so well written. It's one of those shows that thrives on the chemistry between the actors. Because no matter which two of the main cast you have in a scene together, they're going to fucking rock it. It's so funny. I, Amanda was watching it, I think probably first season, maybe beginning of the second season. And it was one of those things that I would overhear and laugh a couple times. And then I, would, I started to watch it. And we knew third season wasn't going well. It was a great show, but we knew that they were going to get canceled, which sucks. They've since done a couple specials and stuff. which have, so One was pretty funny, one was not as funny. Now, here's the funny thing. You said that, and I said I watched it, and I just realized I've never seen this show because I keep confusing it with a show that is called Party Down. Judging by the titles, different shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why, but I always mix these shows up. Party Down is a show about caterers and should also be on the... It was not on my list, but people should watch Party Down, and they should probably watch Happy Endings. But right. Party Down is about caterers, and uh, it's really funny because every episode they're catering some different shitty event. Uh, has Adam Scott in it? Ken Marino's in it. It's really funny. I that sounds good. I would watch that. Jane Lynch is in it, but like every episode, they're catering a different event, and at each event, like just ridiculous bullshit happens. And I I always thought it was it was a very funny show. It had two seasons. That I was about really it. Ever heard of that? That doesn't sound familiar. How many seasons did you? How many seasons did Happy Endings have? Three, three, three. And but they're and they're great. There's really not a weak episode. I mean, there's there's episodes that are funnier than others, but there's really not a weak episode. There's not an episode that doesn't work. They're really fucking funny, and it's one of those like me and Amanda will crack open that series every couple of years too to just run through it. It is so damn funny, and it's one of those that like. That is one on this list that a lot of people do like. And I think it's almost like um, like the first couple seasons of Family Guy where like yeah. after the fact, everybody seems to love it, but nobody would, not enough people were watching it, I guess, time to keep it going. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, I liked it because I mis, misconstrued or mixed up the shows you were saying it, put another show on my list. Yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, uh, Party Down got canceled after two seasons, and it was great. And what uh, a great concept that, that you, you can keep going on where it's just like you're a catering company, and every episode is just a different place. And it's all one location. Every episode is just at that one location, and the shenanigans that arise during a, a catering event. Here's one that, man, I, I don't know if it's been canceled yet. I know it had three seasons so far, or it has two seasons so far, and I think it's getting a third season. But did you ever watch American Gods? No, I know what it is, and it, one of those Google searches did suggest that. But I know what it is, and I have heard good things, but I haven't watched well, it. It's on Stars, which <laughs> nobody has, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's based on a book by Neil Gaiman, who's great. He's mm-hmm. the executive producer on this as well. Brian Fuller developed it, who 
He has also developed Hannibal, which is also on my list. But it's this incredible show about all these like old school gods like Odin and, you know, just famous Greek gods who are old because people don't believe in them anymore. Right. And they're facing up against the new gods, which is like technology, media, drugs, like all these different things that people worship now that maybe we treat as gods in society. And the new gods are up against the old gods and the characters in it are amazing. The visual effects are stunning. The visuals are stunning. And it's just this, where's it going to go? What's going to happen with this show? And I feel like it's never going to reveal itself because I think it's going to get canceled because nobody seems to be watching it, but I'm so impressed with it. It has Crispin Glover's in it. It has uh, Ian McShane, who I love. Anything Ian McShane is worth watching. Yeah, he usually does a great job regardless, right? Yeah. Orlando Jones is in it. He's great. Even though he left the show because he said the new showrunners were kind of shitty, which is too bad because the show's great and I hope that they don't ruin it. But it's about this guy. He goes to prison for stealing money from a casino. And when he gets out, he finds out that his wife is dead and she was cheating on him with a friend of his. And he's like, God damn it. And he doesn't know what he's dead when he finds that out. Yeah. Dead. Damn. That's hard. (laughs) And he doesn't know what he's going to do. And. He meets this guy, Ian McShane. He's like, you're coming with me. You're going to be my bodyguard. And he's like, okay. And right off the bat, you're like, something is crazy going on with Ian McShane. He's like magic. And he's got this dude hanging around with him who's this Irish guy who always wants to drink and fight. And he's a leprechaun, but he's not tiny. He's like a big dude. (laughs) And the leprechaun has this magic coin. And through some trickery, the main character gets the coin and throws it on his wife's grave. And the coin sinks into the ground and she wakes up and comes back to life. So now you have a zombie wife who's falling apart and she's like reeking. She's falling apart. Her arm falls off at one point. And it's just this big road trip across America where they're trying to recruit the old gods to fight the new gods and reclaim America. And they keep going places for it. And it's, it's a cool road trip show. It's well shot. Like I said, it's got really good special effects. It's really sexy. It's wild good show and you've been you're you're caught up you've been watching yeah i've been watching and it's really good but they're dragging it out a little bit where i'm like dude you do not know if you're getting another season you need to progress this plot faster (laughs) but it is it is really cool and i highly recommend it to anybody conceptually it's awesome the intro gets in your head like it's one of those intros you know there's a lot of intros you watch a tv show and if it gives you the option to skip the intro you skip it yeah yeah, this is one Every time I watch the intro, because it is so cool. <laughs> the never skip intro. I like that. The never skip intro. There's a couple of them. Like, yeah, yeah. You can never skip Unsolved Mysteries intro. Don't do that. Just don't. It's that good. <laughs> Have you been watching the new one? Yeah. It's okay. I, I miss the dude's voice. Agreed. I, 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 dude, Amanda has no context. Amanda, I did not see that. So she, and I'm like, you don't understand. And I would tell her like, well, watch it. And I'll be like watch the new one and i'll be like you don't understand in the old one robert stack used to go if you have any knowledge about where so and so could be i was like yeah that was like and that was creepy as shit i still remember the first episode of that show i ever saw yeah robert stack was like the man that voice man yeah. Ugh, it was so perfect and the new ones are okay i also wish they had like they're a little long for one mystery and there's been a couple that like they're just pl- like you could feel that it was like a 37 minute story and they're just pushing it out to that 58 minute. And you're like, uh, yeah. But if you guys have Pluto TV, it's free. 
there's an entire channel just for unsolved mysteries. You can watch the old ones all day long. Twenty four seven, man. <laughs> I would watch some of them. I don't know if I'd do it all day long, but but watch American Gods, not an unsolved mystery. Watch American Gods. You can see Gillian Anderson. See what she's been up to. She plays media, and she's awesome in American Gods. Yeah. Media appears in television, so the televisions all start to glitch out, and she comes out of the TV as Marilyn Monroe. It's incredible. There's a great episode where they try to go visit the goddess of spring, and she's throwing a party for Jesus, and it's all these different Jesuses. It's like every form of Jesus you've ever seen. There's like black Jesus, white Jesus, Israeli Jesus. There's like just all these ridiculous, like Jesus decked out in gold. I didn't know he came in different flavors. Comes in lots of different flavors because religion is inconsistent. I see. All right. It's fun. That's definitely one of those ones that like, I don't know what I'd call it, like when I retire, like when I look at that, I'm like, oh, that that would be great to watch and I would love to watch it and I look like I like that when I retire. Bucket list TV shows? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have a ton of those, man. It's like you said at the beginning of the episode we were talking about streaming you know, I'm a I'm crazy for superheroes. I watch absolutely zero, literally zero superhero TV shows right now. And the, and I when I say right now, I haven't seen any of them. I haven't fin- I haven't finished Arrow. I watched one season. Didn't even start oh, Flash. Arrow was great. I heard. I I don't I care heard. about Flash, yeah. Arrow was great. I really liked Arrow. But like I tried watching Doom Patrol and it was good, but I don't know if I'm going to get through it. Haven't even tried it. I would love to give that at least one episode, you know. Yeah. Haven't even tried it. It's always funny. My dad always told this joke. He's like, man dying on his deathbed, his family around him, and they gather close. What are your last words? And he goes, I, I wish, I wish I had watched more TV. <laughs> and we would all laugh at that. But suddenly I'm like, I am going to have some. Yeah. I wish I had watched. I wish I had watched Death Valley. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's I told you, you, you know, that's, that's, that's my, my plan for all my special features on my DVDs. <laughs> I'm just going to go. I, I've watched most of the ones that apply, like special uh, special effects ones and deleted scenes and outtakes. I'll watch all those. But there's a bunch of them that I haven't that I will I'll have to go back when I'm about to die or at least don't have a job anymore. That's so funny. No, absolutely. We're going to have to. going to have to be a thing. <laughs> going to have to. Just you and I sitting in the old folks' home just watching TV shows and be like, well, what episode are we on? on uh, oh, wouldn't Party that be Down? great if we were at the same old people's home? We should really try to be, huh? That would, yeah, I mean, could still podcast. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> these damn kids these days, they don't know what TV is. Back when I was a kid, they made horror movies like real horror movies. <laughs> They're like, dude, you weren't even born yet when they made horror movies like real <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> uh, I wonder if people will still be listening to podcasts. Oh, my God. You got another one, Matt? So I got two left, Rumi. I got a uh, like a sci-fi action one, and I got a comedy. So which one you want to hear first? Hit me with the comedy. Better Off Ted was a, I think it was two, two seasons, 2009, 2010. Did you ever hear of it? No. It is great. It is this young, good-looking, funny actor who I've never seen before and never seen since, but he looks like Brian Clayne from East Meadow, where I grew up. He plays a middle management type guy in a like pharmaceutical tech weapons company. Like it's just this like laboratory company. There's his boss is Portia Della Rossi and she plays like this, you know, cut 
throat executive. There is Linda, who's like his sometimes love interest, who's like the every woman who also doesn't like put up with shit, but she's just kind of like shoots from the hip, says what she means, but is also like a good girl, like she's got a good heart. And then there's two scientists who are funny as shit. And the whole thing is like every episode they have to do, you know, they're, they're developing some product and he's got to test it. And it is, it's a sitcom. It is ridiculously funny. And the first, most episodes, they start losing it towards the end. But they work for a place called Viridian Dynamic. And okay. most places, uh, most episodes rather, will have a like infomercial slash commercial about slash for Viridian Dynamics. And it'll be like, and it'll be like vertical integration. What does it mean? And they're saying that as they're showing like stock footage of things. And they're like, these people don't know. And it shows like a bunch of people like hugging plasticeuticals. We can make cups or weapons. And it's showing like, you know, a kid drinking from a cup and then a bomb exploding. And those are worth the price of admission just by themselves. The show itself is also like funny as hell. It's another one of those shows where the characters really work well together. The two scientists together are like laugh out loud funny. They freeze one of them to see like if the cryogenics works and he comes out weird. And then the rest of that episode, he's acting weird. The main character sometimes is with Portia Della Rossi, his boss, and sometimes with Linda, a girl who works for him. So you have like a love triangle thing going kind of there. Portia Della Rossi is like ridiculously competitive. The girl Linda creates this game called Vent Bagel or Great Bagel or something like that. And she goes into this abandoned room and bounces a bagel off the wall to try to get it into an air duct vent. And then Portia Della Rossi catches her, but instead of being mad, wants to beat her record and she can't. It's one of those shows that like you watch an episode and you're like, this is hysterical. Why don't more people know about this show? And then it ends after two seasons and you're like, it's hysterical. Everything about this tells me you will love corporate. I was when you started talking about corporate, I thought of this. It's it's less corporate and more like working for a big pharmaceutical company. But it's um they there's the two the two nerdy guys bring the because the the, the main guy, Ted, he's handsome, he's good looking, he's good at everything, everybody likes him, he's a good guy. They bring him into this like underground fight ring and they set it up like it's going to be a fight club and when they get there it's like an underground larping fight club so like they have to work their (laughs) way up and like he is this like good-looking athletic guy who never has done shit like this before but he like he likes doing it but he also needs to excel at it so he's trying so hard to impress these nerds and work his way up from like a page to like you know one of the king's noblemen. It's really fucking funny. It's very clever in that regard. And it's just a lot of fun. It's just another one of those shows that like nobody knows of this. Like you mentioned it at a party and nobody has heard of it. This I believe is on Hulu. So if you haven't checked it, if you haven't seen it before, my suggestion you guys is if you haven't seen some of the stuff we're talking about, throw it on for one or two episodes, right? We're in lockdown. Hopefully if you're listening to the show, you think that me and Aaron have some good good ideas and some good taste check these episodes out just a couple of them see what you think this is definitely one that i would be surprised if you weren't like damn this is awesome dude i'm watching this absolutely because i love corporate and it's ending and i need something to check out and there's only 26 episodes so why not this sounds like it'll it'll uh it'll give you another fix of corporate for sure yeah all right so the next one on my list they just put on netflix 
And I won't say that this is a hidden gem, but nobody watched it because it got canceled. Hannibal, the TV series. Interesting. Okay. So this one is the closest thing that I think maybe doesn't fit on this list, but did you watch it? So years later, like definitely after the fact, I went into it and tried to watch it. I think I had just watched the film series again, and I wanted yeah. more of that character and that fix. Couldn't get into it, man. Dude, I'm disappointed by that. But here's, here's what this show suffers from. Suffers from what I call Solo Syndrome. See if you can follow me on this. The movie Solo, the Han Solo standalone movie, yeah. is a great movie. Everyone says it sucked, but I think it's purely because they couldn't get past the fact that the main character was not Harrison Ford. I agree with that. I don't think that's the only reason, but I think that is a very large part of why that movie gets hated. And the movie's a good time. Solo's a good time. But we're not talking about Solo. We're talking about Hannibal. Hannibal, the character of Hannibal Lecter, is played by Mads Milkinson. Did I destroy his name? Mads Milk Mickelson. Sorry, Mads. Yeah, sorry, Mads. <laughs> And he is like, look, I'm not even going to try to be Anthony Hopkins, which, for better or worse, I think is a smart idea. Absolutely. The show is the darkest thing I've ever seen on television, the most violent thing I've ever seen. And by the end of the second season, it has an episode that makes the Red Wedding look like Dora the Explorer. Yeah, I didn't make it that far. And the Red Wedding because Matt doesn't know, is one of the most heartbreaking, darkest episodes of I Game of Thrones. I know the gist of it. I know that it happened. <laughs> I know that it's a thing. But you got Lawrence Fishburne in it, Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, that's right. Hugh Dancy. I mean, there's so many good actors in it. Gillian Anderson's in it. And it is basically a prequel to Red Dragon, where Hannibal Lecter's helping the FBI profile serial killers and the character who is the FBI profiler is going insane and Hannibal Lecter is trying to make him become a serial killer and it's this cat and mouse game and like there are multiple episodes where because Hannibal Lecter's helping the FBI he becomes friends with them and he has them over for dinner and they're always like mm, this is delicious and you're like he's feeding them the person they're trying to catch he's feeding them the serial killer that he kidnapped tortured and killed so he's kind of doing a Dexter thing but it is grotesque, incredible. There's an episode where they find a body that's been turned into a beehive on purpose. Like he's, he's killing people and then turning their skulls into beehives. There's an episode where this guy builds like a 12 foot tall totem pole out of body parts, which is so gross. There's an episode where this guy has all these people in a corn silo glued to the floor in, the, in, a, in a symbolic shape. And one of the people wakes up and has to like unstick his body from these other glued together bodies. Disgusting. It is so violent, so dark, so fucked up. And I was enthralled by it. Now, let me ask you, did you, okay, two couple, couple questions here. Did you watch it when it was on or were you late to the party after the fact? Very late to the party. Okay. So you watched that. Were you hooked and really just into it from episode one from the get-go, or did you have to like give it some time before it really started to sink in and hit you where you wanted it to? Episode one, they find a 12-foot-tall totem pole made out of stitched-together body parts. You could say I was hooked. <laughs> that, does, that does sound like roomy bait right there. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was like, so I watched it, I think I watched the whole first season, I think. And it wasn't bad, for sure. And it 
there were episodes or storylines that scratched that itch of like, wow, that was cool. That was awesome. That's what I wanted to see. But I feel like the drama just didn't work for me. I wasn't as invested in the characters as the story wanted me to be or as I really needed to be to feel a show, you know? And yeah. it was one of those, like, for me, it felt like more work than what I was getting out of it. I'm totally open to the fact that that might be me and my taste. Not that the sure. show was bad, but for me, it was like you'd watch three episodes and the amount of cool that I could mine from three episodes was not worth the, you know, almost, you know, two and a half hours to watch those three. I think it's a genre I also am drawn to more. Like, I really like true crime, true crime documentaries mm. and I like that kind of thing. And I think that this is in that like mine hunter darkness realm that I yeah, like yeah, yeah. of really fucked up psychological shit. And that might not be the patience level that you want to devote to a TV show, but I liked how psychological it was. And I liked how the, the cat and mouse psychological game. And I liked how it tied into the bigger picture of the silence of the lambs world. And you start it being introduced to the characters that you're like, Oh, that's that guy in silence of the lambs, which is amazing. It took me a huge minute to get used to Mads' portrayal of Hannibal Lecter because you are so used to and, I mean, in love with Anthony Hopkins' portrayal of it. It's one of the greatest villains in a movie ever. So seeing it different was difficult. And seeing it different took a minute to get used to. But when you accept the fact that he's doing his own portrayal as he sees fit, it's incredible. He's so dark. It's that same vibe. It's a different portrayal, but it's not disingenuous to the character, which is important. I do think there are some stupid fucking things where you're like, look, if you are an advisor to the FBI, you don't get free reign to just walk onto crime scenes. And I feel like Hannibal Lecter's like, hey, guys, I know I'm that guy who just like yeah, gave yeah, some yeah, pointers, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> mind if I come check out that body you guys have lying around in that morgue? And they're like, yeah, this is an open FBI investigation. Come on in, buddy. Well, like, well, we let you into the last three, so why would we? Why would we not let you in now? It's like, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if you just had like a buddy who could just come to your job for no reason and everybody just seemed fine with it? I think somebody <laughs> in that organization, especially the FBI, would be like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And they're like, "Oh, he's the doctor who's helping us." And like, did you get clearance to let him help you? Is <laughs> yeah. he who said he could help? <laughs> yeah. Is he on the list of people you're allowed to share information with? No, he's just my psychiatrist. And it's like, you've been telling FBI crime <laughs> investigation. You've been discussing open investigations with your psychiatrist. It's a huge breach, huge problematic breach. And they're like, yeah, but he's, he's cool. He's totally cool. Everybody's friends. With he has us over for dinner all the time. You should come. He makes the best steaks. <laughs> the best. <laughs> 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 they might be people. We're not sure yet. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. I love it. But the third season was leading up to their own rendition of Red Dragon, which I was like, oh, man, are we going to get to see like if if it went to season four, five, six, would we see them redo Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs? Would we get to see them redo Hannibal? Like, how cool would that be if it went through its own television show remake yeah, of yeah, some of yeah, these creative yeah. things, which I think they earn the right to do. You know, nothing will ever change my opinion that Silent Slams is one of the greatest like thriller movies ever made. But if this TV show is like, we're going to do our own attempt, I'd be like, I'd be all there for it. And that's cool. If you can, if you can watch a, a show like that, that is taking a property and characters that we know and love and putting its own spin and its own style on it, if you're okay with that, 
then hell yeah, let's see stuff. It's almost like, again, going back to Solo, I didn't want to see the castle run, but like, okay, if I'm already in it and like you're showing me your interpretation of that thing that we're so familiar with, but it's almost what you're saying with this, with this example, it's almost cooler because we've seen Red Dragon. We've seen it twice now, right? We saw yep. Manhunter and we saw Red Dragon and that, and maybe even three times if you read the book. So it'd be cool to see the T the, the TV universes, you know, the TV universe of that story's version of that. That would be kind of cool to watch, huh? I think so. Uh, that's another one. Like I would, what did you call a bucket list? I would watch this bucket list. Like if I could, you know, if I had the time and could sit down with this, I would, I would give it another thing. There's just so much other shit. I would certainly rather be doing because it didn't really didn't get my blood going as much as I wanted it to. Sure. I, I mean, I get that. All right. Hit me with your last one, Remy. All right. I think you and I have talked about this before. I don't know if we watched it, but Back in 2005, 2006, they made a made-for-TV p- movie pilot starring rapper Sticky Fingers and Wipeout host Jill Wagner based on Marvel's Blade movies and dude. comic books. Yeah, my dude. Yes. Yes. Did you see the movie, the TV movie, which was like essentially like an hour and a half long? I watched the TV movie and the limited run of the series. Yeah. The movie... I did not care for very much at all, the, the movie itself. No. I thought it was kind of lame. But, I don't know, on a hunch, on a lark, I got this series. 12 episodes, 2006, only one season. It was fucking awesome. It's better than the third Blade movie. Tell you that. I would have to rewatch the series before I could sign off on that, because I love those movies, even the third one. But No, third one sucks. First two are great. The third one is... You Third only like it because Ryan Reynolds in it, and you love Ryan Reynolds. No, I do love Ryan Reynolds, but that's not why. This is one of those things that, like, it had it, it was way better than it had any right to be. But it's yes. another one of those things that, like, you and I know so many goddamn nerds who love vampires and werewolves and shit, and love the three movies of Blade. I don't even mean comic book fans who know the character well, but like sure. people who liked Wesley Snipes. This doesn't. I don't think he suffers. Sticky fingers. Stu, Sticky fingers suffers from the solo thing where he's not Wesley Snipes, but it is Wesley Snipes' blade. It's that character and everything. And I think he did a pretty good job of filling those shoes. And the he does the character justice. Fun. Yeah, I think so. And it they did a great job. I watched the TV show all the whole series first, and then watched the movie, and completely agree that the movie of that iteration is not as good i mean it suffers from all the tv movie problems of that era but the tv show is way better than you expect it to be it's so cool it still feels like a blade movie i mean it may not be as over the top as say blade 2 is but i think if you watch blade 1 and this it is in that world and the movies just kind of like are tent poles to this and i just wish they had more of it i wish like why not make more of it it's so good well, I guess it's a gamble, right? Because you have someone, you know, the Blade movies were so successful in a time where that was a superhero movie drought, right? There yeah. wasn't that much of that. And they did it so well that people like you and me and our friends love that stuff. It's a double-edged sword. If you make a TV show, and this was also on Spike TV, remember that? Yeah, what so the fuck? It yeah. wasn't even like very widely publicized or easily found, so to speak. If you make something like that and it fails, you're going to have a lot of people who hate you right off the bat. Whereas if yeah. you just made, you know, half vampire the TV show, 
and it wasn't associated with a current Marvel property that had been made into a movies, you wouldn't have people in the wings waiting to hate on it, I guess. But I don't think anybody, like, I don't think you're going to find, like, a weird Blade fandom that protects that property with their lives. You know, like, Buffy, Buffy has a, has a fandom that gets riled up if you say shit about Buffy. I think if somebody's like, Blade's just okay, you're not going to find anybody like, I'm getting on the internet to fuck you up right now with my words, where it's like, the TV show doesn't offend the character or the series. It's still badass. He's still fucking cool. I wish I'm like I'm I wish Netflix didn't dissolve all their cool Marvel properties because how cool would it be to see like a Daredevil Punisher style Blade TV show? Oh, for sure. There's there's it would absolutely be cool. And and this for what it is, this was really good. And I mean and you know Jill Wagner who is the the female host uh on Wipeout, she plays a girl who gets half or you know bit she gets the vampire curse and she's kind of helping him i remember her being like kind of pretty badass in the movie it was she was one in my opinion she was one of those characters that you're just like uh shut up no one cares but then in the yeah. tv show they gave her a lot more to do and it got a lot better and you're like yeah. wow this is actually pretty freaking cool true to the universe fun i mean get a little too a little too much um like 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 uh the upper society of vampires where they had like secret societies blah, blah blah a little too much for like okay this is getting too far from the point here but for the yeah most but part, he like, sneaks into awesome. that shit and fucks him up which is cool oh it's awesome it's awesome yeah. it's definitely one of those shows that like if you like the movies this is not going to be as big budget or as action packed as the movies but if you can if you can imagine what a t a good TV version of the movies would be. I, yeah. I'm comfortable saying that this is what this is. I think it's great. It's way better than the RoboCop like movie TV series. For, that I came haven't out. seen all of those, but from what I remember, yes, this is worth watching for sure. So if you, again, if you guys watching. are are listening to this, if you guys love the Bra- the Blade movies, check out a if you can find it. I don't know where it would be. It was on DVD. I know I still have it on DVD. I don't know where you'd find it now. And, and the reason I brought up the RoboCop series is because I think they tried equally hard. Where you know they they put a lot into it, yeah. but RoboCop was basically making a series out of RoboCop three, which nobody asked for, right. and <laughs> Blade made a TV series off of the movies that we liked and stuck true to that. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out, give it a shot. Sticky fingers, sticky fingers, <laughs> gross. It's way gross, better than it has name. any right to be, and it is absolutely, fun, man. it is a good show. All right, man. So I have two here that I'm going to kind of go through quick, but they were children's shows. We don't have time for you to do two, so merge it into what one show would be if it amalgamated the two together. Okay, so they were both on ABC. This is a stop-motion CGI hybrid. No, I'm not going to no, do no. that. <laughs> so uh, they were both on ABC. They are both Saturday morning cartoons. I think people liked them, but nobody has ever given them the credit they deserve as an adult. So I have to bring these up. Bump in the Night which was a stop-motion animation show about a monster that lived under the bed and ate socks. Did you ever see this show? Was it a green monster with, like, eye stalks? Yeah. I know that character, but I don't know that I've ever seen And I remember Bump in the Night. I don't remember if I've ever seen the show. I'd have, If I did, it might have been the first episode or two. It was really fun, and as a kid, I remember it being great. I don't know if I watch it now. Would it suck? But, like, I loved it as a kid because the stop-motion blew my mind. Like, it was that sure. special effects... Oh, how did they do that? Wow, that's so cool that they're doing that for television. 
stop motion isn't something you normally see for a television show, especially a kid's show. Right. So I thought it was really cool, really fun, you know, had just a great vibe that I really dug. It, it got canceled when Disney took over ABC. So that sucks. And then the other one was a Canadian who's one of the first full CGI shows ever made. And it was called Reboot. Yes. You remember this show? I fucking love that show. I'm pretty sure it's on Tubi. That show, I haven't seen it in 20, 30 years, but I remember loving it. And I remember it got dark, like towards the last couple yes. of seasons, it got like yes. for real. Dude, this is what I loved about this show. So it has four seasons. So like I said, I don't think that this isn't a well-known show, but I don't think it gets the credit it deserves. It like isn't around anymore. It got a reboot on Netflix recently, a reboot of reboot, weird, but it, I don't think that did as well. But here's a show. It starts off like computer generated. There's characters who live in this computer world that every time a game is inserted into the computer, they have to play. And if you lose, you die, which is fucking crazy. And midway through the second or third season, the little kid who's this annoying little tagalong kid gets sucked into the Internet. And then suddenly there's like a time loop and he pops out as a grizzled fucking adult who has like a missing eye. And he's like, I kill now. I've murdered people. The things I've had to do to survive in the internet, you don't even know. And you're like, oh shit, this shit gets dark. They started like kidnapping main characters and torturing them for information. You're like, what happened to this show that was like fun and games and like video games? They have Evil Dead 2 references within the show. One of the games they go into is like a horror game, a guy with a chainsaw arm and like laughing deer heads on the wall, which I was really? like, Evil Dead 2 references. That's amazing. Damn. And it was just so freaking cool. And I loved how it got dark and gritty. And by the end, like it was, it was a next level show. And I, I thought it was super good. I don't know if it holds up anymore. I'm sure if I went back, I'd be like, those fucking CGI graphics barf. I can't even look at this thing. The style works at night. <laughs> <laughs> if they just shot this whole thing at night, I'd be okay with it. But they're daytime stuff. Woof. <laughs> I think the fact that they're not trying to portray real portray real human beings helps but you know anyway uh yeah reboot i'm sure some of you are like fuck yeah reboot but i feel like this is a gem that nobody was talking about when it came out reboot was great i remember that i used to watch that shit that was a saturday morning cartoon i think when it started fuck yeah i think bump in the night reboot were probably back to back that's why i like them both so much oh man well guys let us know what your favorite like hidden gem tv shows are I think it'd be really fascinating to hear the stuff that people are like, nobody watched this. It got canceled. You should all check it out. Let us know what, which one of these you watch and also like. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, I would really love to hear what you guys like or dislike to this. Tell us what you do like, what you didn't like yeah. of what we're if suggesting here. If you check here. any of these shows off, let us know. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Rumi, normally we do like a big countdown for this, but I don't know how we would because I haven't seen half the stuff like... You, you had a really good list of ones that I had not seen, so... Let's do this then. How about, what if we pick the top two shows from what everything we just said that we really think listeners should check out? Oh, so hard to do. Okay. All right. Good deal. Let's do it. Ignition sequence start. So this will be our countdown and we'll bounce back and forth. So Matt, what's your number two most recommended show from your list? My number two is my number two most recommended show of, of the ones I said. 
was the the MTV 2003 animated the new animated Spider-Man cartoon. If you guys like comic books, if you like Spider-Man, this is fun as hell, regardless of how the colors and the shadows and shit Rumi didn't like. It's definitely, and I think even Rumi agrees, even though he doesn't like some of the stylistic choices they made, the show is still great. We didn't even talk yep. about it. Neil Patrick Harris does the voice of both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. It really is, a, I think, a really cool contemporary telling of that story. And it also doesn't show fucking Uncle Ben, and it also doesn't show him getting his spider powers. He's just already Spider-Man, and we get right into it. He faces some classic villains. He faces some new villains and some really good like young adult drama. So I love that show. It's definitely on DVD. I think you can um, rent it or buy it from Amazon as well, uh, streaming. I love that show. Check it out. And my number two show to recommend is the first season of The Nick. It is a really dark, really gritty, but so engaging hospital drama at the turn of the century i think it's so good so well done and just like nobody watched it so check that out if you like some crazy hospital dramas set in a different time period this one is for you <laughs> this and is worth for you. checking out yeah worth checking out so what's your number one my number one is absolutely death valley that mockumentary type cop show about you know police officers in a los angeles that's plagued by zombies and monsters and shit if you're looking for a comedy, great. If you're looking for a horror, great. I really think that, like, if you guys like our show, if you like the bullshit we jibber-jabber about, you're going to think this is hysterical. It's a ton of fun. It's really good times. Nice. I mean, for a TV budget show, it is, you know, it is... The effects are great. The action is great. The explosions and shit. They do way more in this show than you think that they would or think that they could. So... This is my number one recommend from this. Actually, even including your shows, this is my number one recommend. I would say I would say our fans will really like this show. I am definitely going to have to check that out. My number one is Corporate. Uh, the third season is airing on Comedy Central right now. It is so hysterical, especially somebody in their 30s who has given up on trying to be young and cool. <laughs> <laughs> Says a lot about you, Rooms. I think it's right up my alley. It's so hard to describe why it's so funny because everything sounds so mundane and like bizarrely boring. It's like this guy goes to HR and like complains all the time. It's really funny. But like you just have to see it to get it. And I think it speaks to a lot of people, especially if you are tired of your job in any way, shape or form, there's something in there for you. And oh man, every time I almost choked to death at one episode like i laughed so hard i started choking and kate was like aaron aaron are you okay aaron do i need to call an ambulance i was like <gasps> and i tweeted at them that i almost died laughing at their show and they actually hit me back and said i hope you lived but thanks <laughs> <laughs> it is that fucking funny uh yeah so corporate is is my current like favorite hysterical show right now so the two two biggest takeaways are corporate and Death Valley. Yep, okay. and I think uh, also just to round it out to a, 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 the five that we normally do, you and I both agree that Blade is worth checking out. <laughs> oh hell yeah, Blade is fun. Sticky fingers. No, it's great. Sticky it, 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 fingers. It's, it's one of Ew. those things. I walked in there because I got the DVD on sale. I think I, don't, I think I got the DVD and watched it on DVD as opposed to watching. We it on watched TV. a couple episodes together. Did we watch this together? I don't think so. I think it was before that, but hmm. it could, I mean, I, to be honest, though, I, I don't remember, but it's one of those <laughs> like I walked into it being like, OK, Spike, Spike TV, <laughs> you show me what you think Blade television would look like. And they're like, I think it would look like this. I'm like, 
Damn. Okay. Tell me a little bit more. What else do you think? Because <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, pretty good. This is a good episode, man. R- ran a little long, which I like because uh, we had some good stuff to talk about. And dude, I have a whole like secondary list that I didn't even get to. That I uh, it's what we said we were we were gonna say like maybe honor- honorable mentions. We didn't even get to the honorable mentions because we had so much other shit to do. Damn. Yeah, this was a good episode, man. All right, let's blast this thing off. You got it. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. Guys, till next time, we're the Rocketeers, and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.